Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Making a Mark Wrestling Podcast. We are actually recording the day after the last episode, but you'll probably be hearing this much later. But that means that the match we watched prior, the 60-minute time limit draw between Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada, is very, very fresh in our minds since we watched it literally yesterday. This time we watched their third match, which was the B-Block Finals at the G1 Climax Tournament in 2017, which is the 27th G1 Climax. Laura, your star rating, if you will. Uh, I don't think you're going to be very happy with me, but uh, I, I'm i torn. I almost want to give it less than this, but I feel like I've given that like Lova score to other matches that are significantly worse. So I'm going to give it three out of five stars. But there are some stuff that I, it's my least favorite of the Omega Okada matches we've watched for sure. Which I didn't want to be because I wanted, I, like, I'm cheering for Kenny this whole time. I wanted the one where Kenny wins to be my favorite. But there was some stuff about it that I really didn't like and turned me off. So it's like, it's the worst of the Okada Omega matches. But it is still an Okada Omega match. So Yeah, so like putting it lower than a three feels bad. But if it was just like, five, if we were only looking at their matches in a bubble, I'd probably give it lower than three. But looking at it like compared to also a lot of other matches we watched and other forms of wrestling in general that's why i still gave it three fair enough um so let's go straight into notes shall we this time yeah before we do because i it came up a bunch of my notes i have a question uh and it kind of like you said a lot of words at the start for what type of like competition this was or what the actual prize was i was like so they're talking about Okada can advance with a draw. They're talking about points. I'm like, so what is the scoring system? I thought this was just like a grudge match between them. I didn't realize it was part of some bigger tournament or prize or something. So maybe give me some background yeah, on that. Yeah, so every year the um, there's a tournament called the G1 Tournament. And in terms of wrestling, like as a fan, it's incredible because it's the like 12 or so best people in New Japan put into two blocks and basically they do sort of like one match against everyone in their block and it lasts okay. less than a month so each wrestler that's so much wrestling each re- i think it's actually 18 wrestlers right in two blocks right but basically no it's 20 it's 20 wrestlers 10 in each group wow so that means each wrestler has to do at minimum nine matches in less than a month is that why it was only half an hour the time limit because yeah, the time they don't want to only half an hour yeah, yeah. They need to have some form of self-preservation since they're doing yeah, so many yeah. matches. Okay. Uh, so it's great as a wrestling fan because it results in some of the best wrestling all year and in such a short time frame. Yeah. But it's extremely grueling for the wrestlers. They yeah. always come out of it injured because it's just so many matches in such a short period of time. Um, but how come they haven't also, changed that yet? If they... If, like... It's every single time people are coming out injured for preservation of your athletes. Wouldn't they want to at least maybe make it a bit longer, like space it out a little bit? Um, I think it's just it's such a it's such a staple now that it's sort of hard to change. Like they've been doing it for so long, and people are so used to it. Like people expect such a high quality of it, it'd be hard to change at this point. But yeah, it's an extremely, extremely grueling affair. Like, you know, they have to... and it, But also it allows for a lot of, like, upsets. 
that you wouldn't normally see because yeah. of you know you can like you can easily expect like some of the bigger wrestlers to lose to sort of lower class wrestlers just because it's in a tournament they've just wrestled like six other matches you know whatever yeah. like um yeah upsets can actually like happen in a tournament like that where they okay. can't sort of normally okay so then this was about more than just like for Omega, more than just beating Okada, is also to then go ahead in this tournament and win yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Uh, and basically, whoever wins it, they get to like choose a title to get a shot at, like a guaranteed shot at a title. Oh, okay. So generally, whoever wins it asks for a shot at the IWGP Heavyweight Title because obviously they do. <laughs> or like, say if Okada won, who's already champion, he could then ask for a shot at a different title and end up with two different titles. At the okay. Same time. Which kind of leads to my next question, because uh, Kenny entered with some sort of belt on, and obviously Okada has the his belt. So what was the championship or whatever title that Kenny had that uh, he was Kenny showing off? Kenny had the newly introduced IWGP um, like North American title. You know, because uh... I said I've been telling you all along that like New Japan are trying to expand into America. As yeah. part of that, they've introduced an American championship, and he okay. was like the first person ever to hold that belt. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So yeah, they both came into this as champions, but because it's a tournament match, no title changes hands. And this is where it gets interesting, is Kenny won, but he doesn't get the IWGP heavyweight title. Well, that kind of sucks, but it makes after sense. after the tournament, it then sets up like... Because now, with Kenny winning, they're one win, one draw, one loss each. They're so now it's like they gotta even. go again, yeah. <laughs> so they've got to go for a fourth match. And because Kenny just beat him with the title not on the line, it makes sense that he should have a match then with the title on the line because yeah. he's proven he can beat the champion. Yeah. Logic, all of it. It's <laughs> logic. It all makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And I also realized there was one note I had on the match we watched uh, yesterday, and I totally forgot to ask. Hopefully it's okay if I watched it now. When Kenny entered, he had the title, like, The Cleaner. Where the hell did that come from? And why does he not have that title when he entered this time? Uh, they did call him the cleaner this time. Uh, must have just missed it. But basically, oh, yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's just a nickname. It's just a random nickname he got when he first joined weird. the Bullet Club before he became, like, you know, their sort of main event leader. That's weird. I don't like that it's, one. Uh, oh, well. it's, it's a reference to, you know, how, like, uh, sort of hit men are sometimes yeah. referred to as, like, cleaners because they clean up your problems. Yeah, yeah. That was sort of Kenny's role in the Bullet Club. He was their, like, hitman, you know. Okay. Hokey dokey. All right, then into into notes again the beginning just new japan know how to build hype and the whole like commentators prepare yourself for a religious experience line made me laugh i'm sure it was for some people but <laughs> obviously for someone like me i was like all right let's not get ahead of ourselves made me chuckle i liked that this time maybe it was just a camera shot we never seen it before they had like a lighting effect playing on like the ceiling of the whole arena that made it look really cool and i don't yeah. know if i just maybe missed that before but it was really cool. And then I also started laughing when... Did one of them call the Young Bucks good Christian boys? It's a joke. It's a running <laughs> joke. Yeah. What? Um, yeah, it's, a, it's like a running joke with the Young Bucks where they're, they're good Christian boys who would never do anything <laughs> wrong and stuff like that. It's, 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 it's an ongoing sort of joke. It's not actually a serious comment. Yeah. Okay, well, it just made me The laugh. Young Bucks are trolls, basically. They're just massive trolls all the time. <laughs> All right. And then Kenny came out. I mean, there was like, I missed the ponytail. I thought with his braids. I thought he looked he looked cooler last time. 
than this time to me, but eh. Although the jacket he was wearing, the jacket has like a one-winged angel like nod yeah, on the design, I and I was like, note, I would I wear that jacket. That. I'd wear that. It looks cool. If you'd have picked up on that, like the sort of one angel wing, one skeletal wing. Yep. Yeah, so. I thought that was really sick design. So props to whatever marketing person or costume designer did that. It was great. And then I already asked about the belt Kenny was wearing. And also, I said the, so Kenny didn't look as great other than the jacket to me. And I was like, the young bucks look like frat bros today. Like wearing like cargo shorts and just like uh like tank top. And I was like, I miss the, I want. Hats. I know. I was like, I want the gay cowboy pants back. I want the rainbow fringe. I want the, fu-. like, oh, step down. Step down. <laughs> and then also the commentator said something that kind of bugged me at the beginning. Because they contradicted themselves and... Even if they didn't mean it that way, it just was poor wording because they said he's never hit the one-winged angel on Okada. When he did, Okada just his foot, he tapped out of it by his foot touching the rope, but then they immediately talk about that. I'm like, yeah, why'd you they, just say he never, he's never yeah, hit it? Well, one commentator, Don Callis, made a mistake and said he's never hit it. And you, you can tell like the other commentator was very quick to like, well, he did hit it at Dominion. Okay. But Okada got his foot on the... Like, you know, covering up for the other guy's mistake. Okay, I didn't realize that... I thought it was the same one who then just immediately went back on what he said. And I was like, dude, are you high? Like, what are you talking about? Um, okay, that makes more sense. But still, I was like, check your facts, sir. Come yeah. on. Uh, and how long... At the end of the day, they're sort of human. They, you know, commentators yeah. make mistakes sometimes. Red Shoes uh, kicked out. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Uh, how long was between the match... Of the draw 60 minute match and this one like time wise for them uh i am not sure but like they are all three matches happen in the same year so at most just like a few months okay most okay. likely about two months maybe okay makes sense makes sense I was wondering if it had been like, because I figured it was pretty close because they don't look too like physically different other than just Kenny checked, bulked up a bit. And, but uh, <laughs> it was, the the Dominion one happened on June 13th. The G1 Climax started in July 17th, but this was like the last match of the B block. So this all have happened more like early August. So like a okay. month and a half. Okay. My two month guess was pretty good. Yeah. Um... And then I got excited. I was like, yes, Red Shoes is back. And I was happy to see him. I'm assuming they just bring him back for all their matches because it's a high profile match and yeah, he's a he crowd is, favorite. He's, he's the best referee like in the world. So they always use him for sort of the massive matches, like the big matches. He's always there. Makes sense. Uh, I love also, it's like you can't tell who the crowd is cheering for at the beginning because their names like Omega and Okada are one syllable different. They start and end the same. So I was trying to listen so hard to see what the majority of the crowd was cheering for and I couldn't tell. The commentators could, could did you? comment saying the crowd is split 50-50. So oh. maybe that's why maybe they were chanting sort of both at the same time, you know, and it was like, yeah, you know, made it hard to tell. It's just funny that their names like start and end with the same letters yeah. and the same number of syllables and just make that conundrum. So I was trying to determine I couldn't, which is I also found that really interesting because last time like the commentators made a point of saying like this entire arena is like here for Okada practically and he's hands down the crowd favorites. So I wonder what happened to make it so split this time. Is it just because of how good the draw was and that like boosting up Kenny in uh, that crowd and- steam? Kenny has sort of been turning more towards face. He's not a full-fledged face, but he's, you know, not... Like, the, the, where's the Bullet Club are still been assholes and heels. Him <laughs> and the Young Bucks have sort of gone more into their 
own little bubble where they're not big dicks. You know, they're very. But that's like, funny because I was gonna say we'll get to it later, but like one of the main reasons this is my least favorite match was I thought Kenny did something super dickish and like the most heel he's been and it seemed really out of character for him particularly given some stuff we know about him and the documentary we watched but we'll get to that later (laughs) and then immediately i was like oh there's tape on okada's back what did he do like how did he is that from is it because of the tournament like he's that neck was the neck back was strained in other matches before this okay so that's part of the sort of story and this is like yes omega won but okada was coming into it injured you know Okada was not 100%. Yeah. And then at first I was going to be like, why are they letting him? Why wouldn't they just wait till he's healed? But now you explained the structure of that tournament. That makes sense. Sucks for Okada, though. (laughs) And then they started so fast. And I was like, oh, man, Okada's throwing out a Rainmaker super early. And then Omega attempted a one-winged angel, like, two minutes in. I was like, Jesus, these guys are hungry for the win. Like, what, what is happening? Why are they... Just so, why aren't they pacing themselves? And then I was like, oh, there's a 30-minute time limit. That opening segment is, like, awesome. It's so fast-paced. It was. I was like, Jesus Christ. Because normally, like, the they started a lot slower. Like, there's more, like, getting them into, like, some arm holds or, like, submissions or, like, some technical work on the floor. Chain wrestling. You know, they start with chain wrestling going from hold to hold to hold, and it's all on the mat. Nope, not this time. Yeah, and I was like, good lord. I was like, I don't have time to watch and type at the same time. That was a common thing for me most of this match. I felt like I kept missing things as I'm trying to type out my notes because it was just so constant and they were just always going for each other. And it was pretty nuts. There's one thing I actually liked about this match, though, is that it was... Like, the last match was the slowest of all of them and was this big 60-minute slog. (laughs) And then to go from that to, like, this 30-minute just non-stop action. I was going to say, that felt like it was like 15 minutes because I'm just comparing it, like you said, to the one we just watched yesterday for us. Which you sort of need to do. If you're going to do like, you know, the same wrestlers in a row, you can't really have them just do the same match over and over again. You need to change things up. And that's one of the things I like about this, you know, that they do constantly keep changing up the style of match they do. It's not just the same match over and over. Yeah, for sure. Well, particularly because if it's like if that match ended in a draw last time, who's to say it wouldn't end in a draw the next time? You just continuously keep drawing. You got to try other things, right? And then we get to all the good stuff outside the ring. More drop kicks from Okada, and oh man, the noise when Kenny hit the barricade. Oh, just because there was a microphone like right there, but I was like, I physically hurt when I heard that noise. Like my whole back just like cringed, and I was like, oh, that sounded nasty. That's that's the thing about uh, wrestling. As much as it's it's fake, you can't fake some stuff, and you can't fake hitting a barricade at high speeds. Like, <laughs> you're still hitting a metal barricade at high speeds. Like, yeah, it's still gonna hurt a lot. It did, and but then the part made me laugh, and uh, a moment that kind of took me like broke the the I guess like because. It's all, wrestling's all about suspending your disbelief because you know it's fake, but there's some times where they do things that just it's like too much even for that suspension of disbelief. And for me, one of them was the convenient rows of empty chairs behind that barricade just so Okada could oh, fling they, himself they, at Kenny they, into they, them. They weren't empty when 
when Kenny first goes over, there's people sat in them, but you see... Oh, really? Them, like, yeah, you see the like ring crew and stuff just getting people out of the chairs. Oh, oh, then that's that's better. That's fine. Okay, I, I must have been typing the note about yeah, like yeah. The, him hitting the barricade yeah, or something, like, so I didn't notice them vacated. There's a guy wearing like, a white top who's like, part of the arena staff, and you can see him like waving his arm, going like, eh, 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 eh. Oh, like, my God, that, was, oh, that would stress me out. Again, stage management, risk assessment, brain. I'm like, oh, that's so not okay. What if you done that? There were still people there, and you like had one like frail like five foot two asian girl crushed between two like giant wrestlers do you want to oh hear a, a story sure there was a match in a cmll right where the owner of the company's wife was in the audience in the front row and a wrestler phoenix who you know we've seen in one of the matches he did like a move off the top rope and accidentally overshot it and, like, went over the person he was meant to hit and into the front row and landed, like, right on this old woman. Oh, my God. Oh, that, see, that just, like, ugh, that scares me and hurts my but in soul. in fairness, that one was a total just accident. He just overshot, you know. Yeah. Fair, but still just, like, ugh. All right, well, then that... The, again, that wasn't, the, like, one of the main things. That was a small note. There's, what, there's two main things that made me think this match was my least favorite and that chair thing wasn't one of them actually but um as it still makes me laugh every time okada just like leaps and chucks his whole body at kenny because it's like it's still clearly very athletic with the amount of air he gets and he has to clear the barricade but But it doesn't look wrestling stuff yeah and it doesn't it it looks like it's athletic yet clumsy looking at the same time if that makes any sense and whenever they show the slow motion of it athletic yeah it just it like you're just flinging your whole self like he's not you know doing it in a somersault form he's not doing any he's not trying to land with like you know an elbow or like has to do anything in the air to like manipulate his body he just launches himself and it just makes me laugh particularly when they show it in slow motion uh lost place of where i was in my notes there i am oh and then uh, there's happened to be another moment of showing off red shoes is actual shoes they're so shiny i want some where does he buy these and I can you buy like, them in japan i like that he wears like a short sleeved t-shirt but then he's got a long sleeved one underneath with red sleeves and then yep. he also wears a shiny red belt he's yep. just like his whole outfit is just black and he's red. full into so awesome. it and i love it but yeah i i'm they must be if there's like a new japan gift shop in that stadium they have to sell his shoes and if they don't i'm it's a lost opportunity in my opinion um, and then there was a moment where Kenny's like lying on the ground and Okada does like an elbow drop from the ropes. And given that both later in this match and last matches, they both multiple times do the thing where they put their knees up to guard against those aerial moves. I was like, Kenny, why are you just letting this happen? Where are the knees? Come on, block. But it still looked pretty, pretty nasty. Oh, and then he did another, like, tossing him out of the ring. He managed to counter some move. And in, in countering, he, like, chucked Okada into the apron. I don't remember what it was called. But that was another one of those moments that just happened so fast. Like, thank God for slow motion replay to see him do that. And I was like, damn. The coordination. This, this match is just so fast. It's I know. The, the, the running theme of, like, wait, where's the replay? I missed that. And even at the end, like, I had to ask you to replay the finishing move he got on Okada because I was like, oh, I don't think, wait a minute, he did that so quickly. What happened? But yeah. Uh, so another one of those kicks from the top rope to Okada's neck. He did that in the very first match, I think. 
Yeah, he's done it in all three so far. Oh, oh, all three? Oh, well. Yeah. Every time he does it, it just, again, my soul hurts. My whole body just kind of, like, rounds in on itself. I'm just like, oh, oh, ow. In this one, he did a lot of stuff to Okada's neck. Yeah, because that was clearly Okada's a weak point. injured, yeah. I said, I wonder if Okada's neck injury will mysteriously disappear like his knee last time. But clearly it did not. This is also a shorter match, so there wasn't time for it to disappear. One thing that Kenny did to the neck that, uh, was when he did the chops to the back of Okada's oh, neck. Yep, like, uh, yep. Just cringe. Uh, That's just gonna hurt. <laughs> Okada's cheerleader, I can't remember, is it like, Gato? Kato? G- I don't... G- Gato. So G-A-D-O? Is that... Uh, G-E-D-O, but it's oh, okay. Gato. Okay. He has like, he's getting dangerously close to Selena Vega territory. Y'all need to calm down. He was starting to get like, a bit much, a bit obnoxious. Come on, Rainmaker! And just like, yelling. I was like, good lord. Dude, take a chill pill. And then this was the first of the two things that happened that made me dislike the match because they made Kenny seem like a giant dick. And I just don't want Kenny to look like a dick because I like Kenny and want to cheer for him. And also because Kenny in previous matches, like he even made a point of I want to face Okada at his best. Like I don't want to win. I don't want people to be able to discredit or doubt my legitimacy if I beat him. Uh, and this one, he's obviously, there's only so much control over that he has because it's that tournament setting. They have to have multiple matches, but he goes and rips the trainer's tape off of his back and his neck, the injury, and like makes a point of showing it to the audience. Like, look what I did. Like, haha. And it was super healy, but also just super out of character for at least the image of Kenny I have in my head. And to me, goes against the whole I want to beat him in as fair of a fight I as think, possible. I think the main difference is, is because this wasn't for the title. Like, if, if it was for the title, Kenny wanted to win legitimately so that then his, like, him as champion wouldn't be questioned. But this wasn't for the title. It was a sort of tournament match. And Kenny's already had to do eight matches. He's not 100% himself. I guess. So it's not like, I'll, you know, he'll do anything to win at this point. Because it's not for the title, so he won't have his legitimacy as champion questioned. And Even if it's not for the title, though, match. it's still his first match beating this person who's been yeah. like a rival. And, and another I didn't thing like to consider is whoever wins then has to go into the final as well and wrestle a tenth match. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it, that mitigates it a little bit, but not too much. It still it still left a bad taste in my mouth, basically. And there's a talk about though, at, this, at this point. I know, like I know we like Kenny, we both love Kenny, but at this point he is still a bad guy. He's on his way. He's on his redemption path. But he's a but bad he's guy a bad with, guy. like, honor. He's like a Jack yeah. Sparrow, you know? <laughs> and this is not a character, at least to me. Uh, and then it's a talk about kicking people when they're down. Kenny is going to town. I think it was just, like, kicking his back. Like, literally kicking it, like, repeatedly. Those kicks are um, so stiff. Yep. And then, again, it's another nice use of, like, putting your knees up to protect yourself from some sort of aerial drop. Why didn't you do this earlier? So just a moment of me my totally amateur brain feeling like i can tell them what to do <laughs> um and then there's another moonsault right into someone's knees so that like hurt their back and i was like see now we're putting knees up all over the place and it looks perfectly brutal oh there's one point where um kenny lifted okada up i don't know if he was trying to set up for a one-winged angel or for something else but the way it, were, it ended up okada's hands were just like cupping kenny's butt for like a good 30 seconds and i i snickered a bit because i'm 10 years old on the inside it's fine <laughs> i want to cope kenny's butt 
I'm sure you are not alone in that sentiment. <laughs> and then again, I was like, how many drop kicks can Okada do? Just so many. So many. Kenny, aren't you sick and of getting hit by drop kicks by and now? Each one looks incredible. Right? And then did they there was a move that Omega did, and I think did they call it the Frankensteiner? Is that a thing? Uh yeah. Because it looked really sick, but why is it called that? What does it have to do uh, with that? Because it was invented by a wrestler called Scott Steiner. Stein oh. was his surname. So Frankenstein, Steiner, I Frankensteiner. Guess. All right. Fair. I was hoping for a much more interesting story than that. Oh, well. And so every time Kenny uses his legs to grab Okada and, like, whip him around or, like, throw him to the ground, like, anytime he uses his legs around his, like, upper body, it just reminds me of Black Widow in Avengers. Because that's, like, one of her signature moves. And I'm like, yeah. now, now do it in a black leather catsuit. <laughs> and then, then comes the part that was my main turnoff of this match. And the thing that made me really annoyed. Because it's when Red Shoes is coming and, like, Okada got flung out of the ring and, like, isn't moving. And is looking like, oh. And there's, like, the doctor called in Red Shoes asking the doctor if he thinks they should end the match. And then all that's happening and at first, the commentator was even like, oh, look at Kenny being like a sportsman and letting them check on him. And then Kenny decides, no, fuck that. And goes and like picks him up and drags him back in the ring. And that even more than the ripping the tape off thing felt like so out of character dick. And like, I, pr- I don't feel like Kenny's win is legitimate. And I wanted it to be because of that. Because I'm like, you should have let them let it stop. I don't think that was fair. He, if, if it, or, but then, at least in that moment. But then later, Okada, like, manages to pull off, like, more Rainmakers and comes back and, like, he puts on that scary, like, wild animal bared facial expression and, like, uh, like, has a bit of a comeback for a brief moment. So clearly, I guess he wasn't completely, like, dead. But it's still, but then it seemed like it made the whole Doctor thing seem like some cheap WWE level, like, story ploy and not real and out i don't even know what to think but just it either cheapens kenny's win if it was real and makes kenny look like a really big heel which i guess fine if that's the character he is or it was completely fake and then it feels like wwe cheesy sham like stupid uh just quickly i have sent you a video it's seven seconds long so give it a very quick watch it's in regards to you saying the knees to backs look brutal okay (laughs) you'll enjoy this um, but yeah, the thing I think with the Doctor is that um, it's just like Okada, like obviously he was in, in, in eventually good enough to sort of continue the match. It was just in the moment they wanted to check if he actually was okay to continue the match. And it was basically as soon as they'd agreed he was okay to continue the match, that's when Omega, you know, picks him up and, you know, takes him back in, into the ring. Oh, so, so there was like, and there was know, agreement that yeah, he was going to continue. Okay. Yeah. okay, see, to me, it seemed like there wasn't, and Kenny just was like, "You're taking too long," and went and brought him back in, and that Okada hadn't consented, basically. Yeah. Did you manage to watch the quick? I video did. Clip? That that looked nasty. <laughs> so, for people who are wondering what I showed her, it's uh, Cedric Alexander doing his lumbar check to Candice LeRae, and it looks insane it looks so brutal i'm not sure how she's still alive (laughs) but yeah okay knowing that again that mitigates it a bit but the whole thing i don't know i went through 
there are many emotions felt in that brief span of time <laughs> during the whole bit with the doctor and everything. And then also I didn't like it because the commentators kept saying after that that the ref, like, Uno should stop this, stop the match. And I'm like, no, now you're making Uno look bad. And basically all the all the people I want, I like to like in these series of matches I've been watching are now looking either like jerks or Did like less good from- at their job. Did you notice that from that point onwards as well, after he got checked by the doctor and they were worrying about his health, from that point onwards, Gato had a towel in his hand ready to, like, throw in? Yeah. He was like, he realised, you know, I should probably have this ready just in case. Like, Yeah, but he never did. I, just, I didn't like the commentators continuously, like, multiple times being like, oh, Uno should stop the match. Uno should stop the match. Because then I'm like, well, if it's... That evident, either then someone do it, and like I said, he's holding a towel, not doing it, and now you're just making. Because like up to now, one of the reasons we like Red Shoes is because he's a ref who actually has like a purpose there and actually does things and gets involved. And now it's like, oh, well, never mind. He's clearly just a prop, like many other. Well, not just, but like made to look like that of sorts. Didn't like it. Um. Da, 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 da. And yeah, so after all, and then I said the first time Okada kicked out of a pin after all that doctor thing, I said now it feels like a planned dramatic shtick rather than genuine. I didn't like it. And then... Uh, they, you, know they had... you, you know you were saying it cheapens Omega's win. Yeah, I think that's sort of the point. It's and like, like it's, it's, it's part of that setting up a rematch. It's like, well, yeah, I know. you beat Okada, but not 100% rematch him, do it properly. Ah, uh, I know. And like, I thought of that as soon as the match was over and I was realizing that was one of the main reasons I didn't like it. But it it's one of those, like, I can still recognize why a thing has to happen. Doesn't mean I have to like it, I guess. It's, it's one of those things, I guess. Like, it's hard to sort of really enjoy a match when it's, clearly purely just to set up the next match like, yeah and it's, it's, it's exactly it's like with any tv show it's hard to enjoy an episode when it's all just a setup for the next episode which is going to be the big important one exactly you know? it's like, like why pirates of the caribbean 2 is so bad because it purely exists to set up number three on its own it didn't really do anything so that's that's kind of like what i guess what what this felt like to me and why i didn't like it it's, i recognize why you did it but it still means this is one of the matches I've enjoyed the least out of their feud so far. That's kind of how I felt about um, the second Fantastic Beast movie. It's like clearly just a massive setup to the next. Oh, film. don't even don't even mention that movie around me. I could talk for, for four <laughs> hours about how much of a hot garbage fire of a shit show that film mm. was, and why it doesn't exist, and why I love J.K. Rowling to bits. I'm a diehard Harry Potter fan, but she fucking needs to know her own rules follow her own canon and quit while she's ahead and stop making these films anyways we'll we'll be here for hours if you let me talk about that movie so we're not that's not what we're here for (laughs) um and they have towards the end they had a facial expression close up of omega and they said where he was like oh he's glassy eyed you know and i guess okada had oh i think okada just hit a rainmaker on him or something i was like this looks more like comedic looney tunes than glassy eyed like i don't know what it is about just that particular moment or the camera angle but kenny just looked pretty like i i didn't feel at all any of like the sympathy or concern or like adrenaline i I was just laughing he looked like a caricature 
and it was pretty uh, funny. One bit of criticism a lot of like, because uh, Kenny Omega gets a lot of haters generally from like sort of Western traditional wrestling fans mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, people like old school wrestling where they actually thought Hulk Hogan was actually good. Um, he gets a lot of sort of criticism for being a bit over the top and a bit of like sort of a caricature and like an anime character and stuff like that. You know, that is sort of one bit of criticism Kenny Omega receives is that sometimes he is a bit OTT. <laughs> it wasn't like too bad, but it just was a moment. It just stuck out a little bit. Um, and I said the move that Kenny did, Kenny like dodged a rainmaker and then dropped Okada on his head. That also looked particularly nasty. Was that the Uranage? The one where he does, it just, it's basically a rock bottom. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm where he just assume sort of, like, yes. Put, puts his arm like under Okada's and literally just sort of lifts him up and slams him into the mat. I think so. It's not very fancy, but it looked fucking awesome. Yeah. And then Okada just hits another Rainmaker anyway. And then Kenny seems to be a fan of the reverse Rada move because he did that again. He's done that in every match. But it looks great every time he does it. So, like, keep doing it. Looks nasty. The one he did, the one he did on the outside looked so nasty. Especially yeah. when they slow the slow-mo slow motion replay of it and you see fucking Okada's head just spike onto the fucking mats outside. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I don't know how I feel about Kenny's little tantrums every time Okada kicks out. Because he literally, like, shakes his head back and forth and is, like, hitting the ground with his hands. I'm like, you're classic, like, toddler right now. And, like, this is what eyes, kids I babysit to. And <laughs> um, I was like, I get it. You're upset. But maybe... Maybe just, like, if you, like, would hit the mat once and, like, yell or, like, a come on, remember, but it's, like, legit, full-on three-year-old. As I said, one of the criticisms Kenny receives is that he's yeah. sometimes a bit over the top. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. And, of course, Kenny gets the win with a one-winged angel, which no, means no, nothing less. No, no, you missed like... something that we need to talk about. Oh, well, that's what your notes are for. Cause I missed. I missed a lot wrath. of things, okay? The Kreutz Wrath. You I don't it. know what that is. It's, I, I, even, I, I, rewound, I rewound it to show you. Oh, the that's the thing. Time. That's the thing you showed me. Oh, he, okay. He okay. has them up on his shoulders in like a sort of elect, what is called an electric chair position, you know, which is the setup for the one winged angel. Uh huh. Throws them forwards, ca- like catches them before they hit the floor, which is insane. Catching a guy who's six foot four and like 250 pounds. Just catching them before they hit the floor is insane. And then, like, flings them back into, like, a German suplex. It's like, and how? lands in a bridge with his tippy toes yeah. up. It's like, how <laughs> on earth, like, how much strength must that fucking require? Because, like, it's not like, like... People do them off the floor and stuff like that, but then your opponent is, you know, jumping to help you, you know, do it and stuff like that. Yeah. But he catches them in the air before they hit the ground, which is insane. And then deadlifts them into that German suplex. Yeah. What? Pretty gnarly. <laughs> and it also, it just looks amazing. It looks so good. I love that move with all of my heart. It's probably my favorite move in like all of wrestling. I love it. But I also understand why we never see it. The, the commentators even actually comment that he, they, like, the last time he used it was in last year's G1 tournament. He literally oh. hasn't used it in a year. But it's there in his back pocket, just ready to pull out. It is, when, when, I watched, when I watched this move, match with my brother the first time, 
when Kenny hit the Kreutz Wrath, I was like, all right, Kenny's winning the match. I was like, there's no way he hits the fucking Kreutz Wrath. That's his secret finisher right there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fuck the one-winged angel. If he hits the Kreutz Wrath, you know he's winning the fucking match. I was going to say, I would have been happy if he won with that. I don't think fans would have felt like some, like robbed if he finished with that instead of the one-winged angel because, it's as actually you said, one thing that it I looks really... intense and it's very impressive. There's one thing that I actually wish happened more in wrestling is, you know, if wrestlers won matches sometimes with moves that aren't their finishers. I sort of hate yeah. the, like, finisher Because it does make it very predictable. And, like, yeah. you know if they hit it and it's been a certain amount of time, you're like, well, that's game. Like... And it also leads to some annoying spots where this insane spot will happen where someone counters something into a super impressive move and it's like that's a perfect ending for the match. But nope, they have to pick the person back up. And hit Plus, also, move, then moments, you know? like, it also works both ways, because then if they try it early on, you know it's not going to work. Like, Kenny tried one-winged angel in the first two minutes of the match. Well, now I know that this isn't going to be some incredible record, and you're going to, like, pin him in two minutes, because you have to win with that move, and it's now. So, we know he's going to counter, or do something. Yeah, it's just like, like, so often, there's absolutely explosive moments in matches, and then they can't result in the finish, because no one hit their big move so yep. it's like oh this is a bit of perfect finish finish if he pinned him now the crowd's super hot they've just lost their fucking minds but nope he has to pick the person back up do this big convoluted move and then pin them and it's exactly. just that extra couple of seconds just like the crowd's lost that insane hype that they had if you'd have just pinned him when they had the insane hype the place would have, like the roof would have fucking come off the building you know what i mean yeah it's so dumb i hate it i hate the over-reliance on like finishing moves like and that, that's not just New Japan. Like, that's in many that's promotions. That's everywhere, yeah. yeah. And then again, the minute Kenny wins, the commentator's talking about how Red Shoes should have called the match, further cheapening the win of Kenny. And again, I get why they have to do it to set up the rematch, but it still makes me angry. <laughs> and then they t- started talking about him. He gets to go on to the final now. And I said, I still need this explained to me, but you explained it. So it means now Kenny has a 10th match to win the whole tournament. Yeah, and that was, a, he has it against uh, Naito. Um, and he loses that. Naito wins it. And Naito, at Wrestle Kingdom 12, uh, Naito goes on to face Okada for the IWGP Championship and loses because it's Okada. He's basically Superman. Uh, whereas at the same that same pay per view, Wrestle Kingdom twelve, uh, Kenny Omega faces Chris Jericho for the IWGP American title. I know him. Like Just it this. ever, like it ever, like and like anyone ever thought they'd see Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. It's a match nobody ever thought would ever happen. Like what? <laughs> I'd watch that. That sounds fun. But mostly just because I'm biased, because again, Chris Jericho is my boyfriend's favorite wrestler, so... One thing that I really love about it, and this is something I respect Chris Jericho endlessly for, is when he went to New Japan, which is like the work-rate fucking capital of wrestling, you know what I mean? Like, you can't go there and be shit, right? Yeah. You need to know how to fucking wrestle. Yeah. Chris Jericho, at his age, knows that, like, at one point, he was that good, right? But he's older now, and isn't mm-hmm. necessarily that good. So he just doesn't really wrestle the New Japan style. He goes in there and basically acts as like a brawler. He takes people to the outside, hits them with chairs, <laughs> hits them with kendo sticks, puts them through tables. And like that sort of stuff, as you know, never happens in New Japan. So when it like does, when he comes along and like brings in all these weapons and he's really like brutal, 
Yeah. It's different. And it works. You know what I mean? And I love that. It's like, I know I can't wrestle their style of, like, match and it'd be good. So I'm not gonna. I'm gonna treat them to something they never see. You know what I well, mean? Yeah, it makes sense, something right? Different. Also, it's playing to your strengths, which is smart. If you can't beat them doing the same things they're doing, gotta do something different, right? Yeah. and like, That's uh, all I'm my not, notes for this match. I'm not the biggest fan of, like, uh, like, I can't watch, you know, like, say, CZW or something where every match is, like, a brutal death match with weapons and stuff, right? Yeah. But when they're done, like, sparingly... Like I say, New Japan never has hardcore matches. Weapons are never used, ever. You know what I mean? Like, even you pointed out that, like, this the table been used in the two matches we watched was, like... So what? Like, rare, yeah, and so out there. Yeah, so And, and for, clearly for, not, like, a common device. Yeah, so for Chris Jericho to actually just have, like, weapons-based matches was like, wait, what? Like, it's so different that it's actually enjoyable. You know, it's not the norm, so it becomes enjoyable. Who would have guessed that when you do things sparingly, they're more enjoyable than when you do them every day? (laughs) Shocker, right? Yeah, that's all my notes for this match. And why it was my least favorite of the three, uh, but still, still a good match to watch. We've but. gone over most. The one thing that I have a note on that we haven't already talked about. One of my main ones was I wrote Kreutzraff in all capitals three times <laughs> because I love that move that much. Yep. Uh, but one thing we didn't talk about was when a uh, Kenny Omega did like the Rainmaker thing to Okada, where he had his arm around him, spun him out, and then did a V trigger. <laughs> it's like a rain V trigger. <laughs> So good. Yeah, yeah. I, Kenny's knees. I must have Kenny, been writing. Oh, and yeah, again Kenny's with the knees. knees. Well, that's what the rain V trigger because the V trigger is, you know, his knee that he does. So he, like, did the Rainmaker thing to Okada, but instead of clotheslining him, did a jumping knee. And it looked so brutal. It looked, just, like, it looked like he killed him. Yeah. And again, um, at one point, Okada did the thing where he, like, catches one of Kenny's knees. But it it seemed less impressive this time. For some reason, there was also, or maybe it's because it was ha- it happened so fast, and he went right yeah, from that to something it's, else. It's not like one moment in this long. It's just like one spot of many fast-paced, yeah, intense spots. Like it didn't have the same build-up, you know. And that's the thing about when you're doing a short match, you can't have that sort of big emotional build-up to stuff. Stuff always has like less impact when it's like in you know, a sort of short spot fest, you know, than if it's built up to over time. Um. There was also another one where Okada went to run the ropes. You know, he went to, like, rebound off the rope. And Omega just, like, ran after him. And as he bounced into the ropes, jumping need him. And it looked fucking insane. Like, I don't know how on earth they do that safe. It just... I don't understand it. He's kneeing a person in their face. Yeah, like... Oh, just how, though? Also, in this match in particular, I don't know if it was camera angles or just because everything was so fast and so aggressive. Like, in, in every New Japan match, when they do, like, the chops to, like, the chest, the neck, the back, you you hear them, they sound brutal, and you can see, like, sweat bounce up. But this one in particular, I swear to God, it was like someone hosed them down, and every time they hit each other, it was like a sprinkler, and sweat just went flying. In fairness, I, I just think like... some of the chops were very hard, because they were also Maybe way that's louder it. than yeah. they normally were. I think Kenny was legit just killing Okada. Yeah, Kenny Kenny was a little a little keen, a little overzealous. 
So I like my thoughts on this match. I do agree with you that out of their four matches, it's probably the weakest one. But I appreciate how different it is to the other three. You know, like I appreciate that it's a fast-paced sort of spot fest. You know, it's just action non-stop, fast-paced. But like I say, it like been fast-paced comes with a downside, which is that you can't have as much storytelling in a short match you can't have as much like build up and emotion in a short match and this match sort of suffered for it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like at the end of the 60 minute one you're like on the edge of your seat every like little even though it takes them like three minutes to go from one move to another each move seems so huge and so impactful and so important and you never got that in this match every move just felt like oh look another move you know like yep and it's just it's a different sort of style and it has upsides which is the non-stop action but it has downsides which is that it lacks that sort of build-up and emotion and importance yeah and i definitely think in the others even though parmy wants to be like stubborn and resist it just for the sake of like being the the naysayer to wrestling but i i still was getting i still like caught up in those emotions and in the 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 hype and the build and this one that was not there i just felt like i was rushing to try and catch everything so it was so fast and i was like oh i'm gonna miss things oh i missed that oh wait what did he just do blah 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 so we have one more to watch i don't know when we'll get around to watching it um, um hold on i can check my calendar uh i can i can do it next thursday so a week like six days from today i can do it on the second all right perfect um yeah so uh i normally don't tell you anything about the match but i'll tell you one thing about this one just so that you don't get confused okay it's a two out of three falls match is the next one it's the same what sorry two out of three falls oh so it's the best out of three but since they're one 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 so far you know make it best out of three so yeah, there you go. I just thought I'd tell you that so that you don't like when the first pinfall happens, you're not like, wow, that was a short match or like... Yeah. Know, like, oh wait, like, why wait, are they still continuing? Yeah, what's so, happening? <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd uh, just let you know that bit. Yes, two out of three falls match is the next one. And it is the last match those two have. So Dun, dun, dun. Be excited. Um, yeah, so keep an eye out, guys, for that. Um, like I say, well, these episodes will be coming out sort of much faster than usual. Um and then there will be a break for a while while yeah, I a a while. run an opera. <laughs> I have a question about after the break. Yes. So, you know, we're going on to women's wrestling. Yes. You know, when we did men's wrestling, we started with WWE because they're the big dog. Yeah. Would you be mad if I started us on PWG? Just because I want to show you Candice LeRae, the woman <laughs> who wrestles men. I was going to say, I I want to see that, so I'm not mad at all. Also, because she's the one married to Johnny Gargano, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. I also already have some knowledge of her from and that one match that, we watched. in that match, it's her and her tag partner, who's a male, wrestling the Young Bucks. So you'll get to see the Young <gasps> Bucks wrestling. I want to watch, yes, I want to watch that. Oh, I'm so So there. it has everything. It's PWG, <laughs> which is my favorite. It's got the Young Bucks in. It's got Candice LeRae, who's like, the whole specialty is that she wrestles men. Because I really just, just want to see win-win. the Young Bucks wrestle now that I've seen them just as cheerleaders, like, all the time, so. 
Yeah, so cool. I wanted your permission to sort of do that one first, even though, you know, obviously we should, in theory, start with WWE. Yes, they're big and goals. then that afterwards... That match is so special. That, you I was know. like, I have... When we do a WWE women's match, I have uh, a request, which feel free to be like, there's better things to watch as a taster, but just because when um, I had some friends back in the UK and I babysat their kids for them a bunch and they they are parents so the they my friends really like wrestling and they watch it and like they record them all because uh, of course UK timing they are asleep when they happen so they record them and watch them later um, so their son has seen like wrestlers on TV when mommy and daddy are watching wrestling since it's PG now and they can do that and their son was like eight years old at the time maybe nine I think think eight um but i had my pink and purple hair back then right and apparently one time they were watching wrestling and sasha banks was wrestling and he was like mommy why did she steal laura's hair and it made me laugh really hard um so i and ever since then i've just been curious and and then she was also on hot ones which is a youtube show i really love that many people i'm sure have heard of and so ever since i've wanted to see her wrestle just to see what she's like but it's never bothered to uh, watch it. We'll, we'll definitely end up watching Sasha at some point. I don't know okay. what main roster match we'll watch yet, but I think when we watch NXT, we'll probably end up watching uh, either Sasha Banks versus Bailey, which is very good, or Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch, which is really good. So at some point, oh, I like, know who Becky Lynch is. <laughs> you'll definitely see Sasha Banks because she has been involved in a lot of sort of the best women's matches in both NXT and WWE. So it's mm-hmm. almost impossible to avoid her. You know. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, but like I said, I just wanted your permission to watch that one first because Heck it's yeah. a spectacle and it's unlike any other. Also, anything scene. anything that's co-ed, the like women and men fighting mm-hmm. it out side by side, so there. <laughs> so as usual, guys, if you want to keep up the podcast, makingamark.wixsite.com or you can follow the Twitter for the podcast at MAM Wrestling or you can follow Laura personal on Twitter at LauraK483. And thank you all very much for listening. Yep, yep.